Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready for Smart Money Happy Hour. Pull up a chair. It's the happy hour you wish your friends were having. Mix two money experts with some hot takes and a splash of nostalgia, and you get me, George Camel. And me, Rachel Cruz, talking unfiltered about what's going on in the world, pop culture, and how to afford a life you love. We're talking money, celebrity budgets, and my budget for my two French Bulldogs. It's a lot. <laughs> You'll hear it all on Smart Money Happy Hour. Listen on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Buck Sexton Show podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Buck Brief. We have the Biden administration plan to deal with the migrant crisis to discuss. There's also the indictment of Senator Menendez of New Jersey for bribery, corruption, and a crazy brawl breaks out at a San Francisco 49ers game. And this comes after a Patriots fan died in the stands in New England during a a scuffle. So I want to talk about that for a little bit here. Let, let's start, though, with the uh, the biggest story in America. The most important story in America right now is the migrant crisis. And uh, there are many reasons for this. But let's first, let's first start with this. Um, it's not going to stop. So what you're seeing right now is going to be a continuous flow. Uh, they're trying to set up migrant processing centers in Colombia, Guatemala, and Costa Rica. What is that going to do? I mean, think about this now. The game that the Biden administration is trying to play is to say, don't worry, we've got this figured out. We're going to set up places where people in other countries can apply to be refugees in America. They're not going to do that. And even if they do do that, it's not going to stop them from them showing up at the border. Think about this. The whole point of the current system and the way it's being exploited is that people walk into America, which is illegal. So they break U.S. sovereignty. Effectively, they're trespassing on U.S. soil. They, and they literally walk across the border. And then they say, uh, I want asylum. 
and then they'll be bussed, you know, they'll be processed, and then they're bussed to somewhere in the country to await a asylum court date that is going to be five, seven, maybe ten years out at this point, at least five or six. And by the time they go into that asylum court, they'll probably already have a U.S. born child, so they'll have a U.S. citizen child. And the judge may say, "Well, you can't get asylum." But then when they go to their de- then they go to their deportation hearing, which is a separate process. Say, "I have a child here. You can't deport me." And they'll say, "Yeah, you know what? You're right." So the whole system is being gamed, setting up a migrant processing center elsewhere so people can apply for refugee status, right? Refugee status. Um, my friends, that's not going to stop any of this because what will happen is they'll apply for that refugee status. They won't get it because overwhelmingly the people that come into this country saying they need asylum, they don't get it. Like 90, 80, 90% of them don't end up getting an asylum claim uh, or getting it uh, approved. So what ends up happening? People might apply externally. They might apply and see if they can manage to get through the system. And then if they don't, you know what they'll do? They'll show up, walk across the border, give it a second shot. This will do nothing. They're not refugees. This is the problem. If they are, if my country is poor, so I don't want to be there anymore, it gives you refugee status, we better get ready to take in about 100 million people from around the world in the next few years. If I would rather live in America and have the taxpayers of America pay for all my stuff, if that gives you refugee status, then we're, what are we in this country? Like, What are we even doing in America if that is our reality? So I, I just think that's very important to uh, pay attention to. It's very important to understand that. What they're doing isn't going to deal with the problem at all, and yet that's their best that's their their best effort right now. If anything, it's likely to make the problem worse. If anything, it's likely to make things even more uh, chaotic at the border because you're going to have now people that are applying for refugee status and then showing up. And the whole thing is just going to be a mess. It's going to be a bureaucratic tangle, a total nightmare. Um, But the notion that this is going to stop, I mean, I don't think anyone believes that. New York City has taken in 95,000 Illegal immigrants this year, 95,000. And the language they use with all this, you have to understand, so important. I actually listened to a New York Times podcast this morning about this. It's like a six-minute long podcast because they were doing their version of the story. And they kept saying, you know, well, after their unlawful entry, I thought to myself, illegal. Why can't we just say illegal? I mean, yeah, unlawful is true, but they're illegals. They made an illegal entry. So after their illegal entry into the United States, what happens and what is the processing and what is the situation? And that's where I think you see, you know, things are, uh, things are all coming apart, friends. That's where you see they won't even refer to them as illegal aliens anymore. I think the federal code now might have been changed by Biden, or at least they're, they're changing the way the federal bureaucracy speaks about them. So now it's undocumented. What does that mean? I mean, that's a nonsense term. They have documents. They just don't have documents that say that they should be in America legally. They're not, they're not undocumented. And this is a euphemism, right? They just don't have a green card or citizenship or a visa, right? But the way they change the language is meant to change the perception. And unfortunately, they're very effective at doing that. Unfortunately, that's a reality of what is going on here. That's a reality of what is happening. And so uh, we find ourselves, I think, seeing this now 
um, where you have to recognize if Republicans don't get serious about this issue, if Republicans don't try to do something about this, this is just going to continue. This will just continue as is. And that means you have to have a win in 2024 and you have to have Republicans who have a goal. And the goal is to stop the flow of illegals to the greatest degree possible and bring down the flow of illegals by 90%. That should be the goal. And then what do you do with all the people that are here now? You're going to have to deport some people, a lot of people, or else you're just waiting until the next wave decides to show up because the incentive is there. The incentives are in place. You don't change the incentives, you're going to get the same result. You and me, were both information accumulators. You listen, you read, you watch, and you try to pull together as much information as possible, then you make decisions with it. So add the information coming your way. According to former Wall Street insider and digital currency expert Tika Tawari, our federal government could soon announce a change with the U.S. dollar. The inside thinking is that our currency may soon become much more digital than the paper currency we've lived with our entire lives. Tika Tawari is warning that the official announcement could come in the next few months. He's put together a video explaining all of this, as well as providing the three steps you need to take to prepare. Go to dollarrecall.com to watch this video that some in the government don't want you to see. That's dollarrecall.com, dollarrecall.com. A central bank digital currency is something that is going to happen in a lot of, a lot of countries. That's what the Wall Street Journal says. A lot of people believe. It's a question of when. Could it happen here? And what can you do to prepare for it? Go to dollarrecall.com. Paid for by Palm Beach Research Group. Uh, so Menendez is in some trouble. Senator Menendez, uh, Bob Menendez, $400,000 in gold bars from a mob-linked New Jersey developer. Um, he was giving an Egyptian businessman sensitive U.S. government files. I, Menendez, everyone has known Menendez is dirty for the longest time. And yet this guy, I think he was the head of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, or he has been for all, in the past. Um, four hundred thousand dollars in in gold bars. Uh, it's it's astonishing. Luxury cars. So I mean, this is not particularly complicated. This is the classic old school bribery stuff. And a Democrat Bob Menendez and his wife indicted accepting four hundred thousand dollars in gold bars toward a home mortgage received by Menendez and his wife. Indictment claims the couple had an improper relationship with New Jersey businessman. The couple, the husband and the wife, charged with conspiracy to commit bribery, conspiracy to commit honest services fraud, and conspiracy to commit extortion under color of official right. The three businessmen face charges of conspiracy to commit bribery and commit honest services fraud. Honest services fraud is a very broad and very vague charge that the Supreme Court's actually had in the past, has stepped in. That's what they got Bob McDonald on. Um... The problem with uh, the McDonald charge is the uh, honest services fraud there. There was no quid pro quo. It was just taking money and assuming that maybe or gifts and assuming that those gifts are resulting in an official favor. That wasn't considered enough. That wasn't considered, you know, a, a crime by the Supreme Court. And I know they said, sorry, you can't. If someone gives you a Rolex and you're in public office. You know, maybe that's unseemly, but if you haven't said, give me a Rolex and I'll do this for you and you don't do anything in response to the Rolex, you don't do anything at all. You can't charge, charge you with honest services fraud. You haven't done it. You haven't committed any fraud. You're just somebody that's taking gifts that maybe you shouldn't be taking. doesn't look good, but that's for 
the ballot box. That's not for the criminal justice system. You know, we're, we're criminalizing so much in this country all the time. Um, it's interesting. We're criminalizing things that you think, wait, is that even, how is that illegal? Or like, how is everyone supposed to know about that? And then things like, you know, bludgeoning old ladies with lead pipes, stealing cars. The Democrats are always like, oh, let's make that, you know, less of a crime. That, that's, let's not worry about those things. The most important crimes Democrats don't really care about. Um, but on some of these other things, obviously look at what they're doing to Trump. That's what I'm thinking about right now. Uh, you know, do- document retention and, uh, you know, conspiracy and all these things. You think, wow, just criminalizing politics left and right. But yeah, no, Menendez is, uh, is in trouble. Um, he had ties in the past to uh, Solomon Melgin, who's a very wealthy uh, Democrat um, donor who actually went to prison. I think he got 17 years in prison for Medicare fraud or something like that. And then uh, President Trump commuted it, let him out of prison. So that is a thing that happened uh, at the end of his presidency. All right, now I just wanted to talk about this for a minute. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but I I see what's going on. I don't understand how we can get this to stop, but it does need to stop. People fighting at sports games. We just need to think about this for a second. And, and I, I know this, you know, you guys all know I'm not a big sports guy. Not big into sports. Um, but, you know, you look at this and you say to yourself, why would somebody get violent with another, why would an adult human being get violent with another human being over rooting for which team? You know, that's what always happens. The guy's yelling too loud for one team and the guy's like, shut up. And then, you know, it turns into, you know, this nasty brawl, which I mentioned before, you know, this nasty brawl, and, you know, that, that comes just days after someone actually died at one of these sporting events. Someone actually died. Here we go. It's uh, San Francisco 49ers. This woman, it's on video. Her, I think her, her, oh gosh, yeah, her wig gets pulled off, which is why this is now going particularly viral, because you see that. And so everyone's just saying, oh my gosh, what a crazy fight guy grabs her by the head and her, and her wig comes off and and people are just acting in this way you know a sports game it's supposed to be a relaxation relief for people and i i do think that there needs to be a little bit of a gut check here where folks need to take a step back and say it's not the most important thing in the world in fact it's really not important it's relaxation i i think this is very straightforward one should think about viewing professional athletics whether at home or at a stadium in the way that people would think about playing a video game. If you're playing a football video game or watching a football game, you know, they're about, they're very similar activities, right? They're both just about you relaxing and enjoying yourself. Um, You're not really active in this process. You're not involved in any meaningful way. And you wouldn't, at least normal, well-adjusted adults, wouldn't scream at somebody and punch them in the face because they beat you in a video game. If you did, you definitely need a lot of therapy. But at some of these football games, it's the second one in, in the last week. And people, you know, I know there's a lot of alcohol involved, too. I guess people people don't really want to hear my take on having more than two drinks. They don't want to hear it. You know, that's that's something else I've learned. Um, it's not a hard and fast rule, but, you know, third drink, fourth drink, fifth drink. doesn't really, I don't know, for a lot of folks. For a lot of folks, it's not a good idea. That's all I can say. Um, medically and from a behavioral standpoint, it's just not a good idea. Um, but I, I don't like seeing this sports stuff. I don't like seeing this um, play out. 
where people are getting hurt. I mean, in one case, the guy died. They think he had a pre-existing medical condition, but still it was exacerbated by getting into a, a scuffle with someone in the stands. People are punching each other in the face and the whole thing. And you know this stuff happens. You know this happens in these games. And people videotape it too. I, I don't like that. You know, uh, this is... The instinct should be when you see somebody, especially there are women involved in these fights. There was a crazy one recently where some woman had like cowboy boots on. She was kicking another woman in a porta potty. I mean, you know, this stuff is, it's like every week now there's another viral video of someone fighting at a football game. And I just feel like, you know, can we all just decide together as a, as a society? Like, just be nice. Be nice at the football game. Be nice at the rock concert or, or the, you know, whatever. Like, people are there to have a good time. Life is hard. Everyone's struggling. I, I just feel like this mentality, everyone's, oh, you know, my team is losing and that guy's cheering. Honestly, who cares? It's entertainment. It's entertainment. It's like you're watching a movie. You don't punch someone in the face because they like one character in a movie more than, more than the character that you like, right? I know you all know this, but, I mean, this is really, this is nonsense. This is nonsense, childishness. And you see so much of this, and I really do believe there's a breakdown in our society of, of decency and order, and it doesn't have to be that way, and especially at places that should be joyous occasions, you know, things that should be fun for everyone. You know, the attitude at a, at a great football game should be, man, aren't we all so blessed and lucky to be here? You know, it shouldn't be this, this, this false antagonism, oh, I hate them, and you know, yeah, it's fine to, you know, to boo and want your team to win, but get to the point where adults are fighting I, I just honestly I, I think it's crazy I really do all right well if you're gonna watch the game this week and enjoy yourself and uh, don't get any fights and I'll talk to you Monday Shields high more than a movie is back with season two I'm your host Alex Fumero and each week I'm gonna talk to the people behind your favorite movies from the Godfather Andy Garcia he has the smarts of Vito the temper of Sonny the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready for Smart Money Happy Hour. Pull up a chair. It's the happy hour you wish your friends were having. Mix two money experts with some hot takes and a splash of nostalgia. And you get me, George Campbell. And me, Rachel Cruz, talking unfiltered about what's going on in the world, pop culture, and how to afford a life you love. We're talking money, celebrity budgets, and my budget for my two French Bulldogs. It's a lot. <laughs> You'll hear it all on Smart Money Happy Hour. Listen on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts.